Alright. Welcome to the Blazing Defender Report. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Blazing Defender Report. I'm your host, Travis Jones. What's going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday? Never know what day it is. Happy Tuesday. What is tomorrow? I I heard it. Someone said it. That's awesome. You guys are fucking on it today. Um, Yes, new comics come out tomorrow. But what I'm going to be talking about today on the show is the top five best comics that I read from last week. So uh, stay tuned for that. We're going to be talking about the new Batman set leaked photos with the stuntman in the bat suit, we actually get to see a very good representation, I think, of what the bat suit's going to look like on screen. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Dan Didio, uh, what's up, uh, Brian? What's going on, brother? Uh, for you guys that, that listen on Anchor and iTunes, I do a live stream. So when I when I chime in uh, to the chat, I always like to say what's up to the chat. They are my co-hosts always. Um, they br- give great insight. Uh, a lot of my uh, what's up, Jay? What's going on, brother? Uh, they bring a lot of great insight in. If you if you've listened to the show on iTunes or Stitcher, Anchor, or wherever you're listening to it at, please try to get on Twitch, the live stream, and get it in the chat. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but we're going to talk about uh, Dan Didio's firing at DC and what that means for DC Comics going forward. Uh, some crazy rumors out there, man. A lot of people dealing in some speculation. We're not going to do that on this show. We're not going to do that. I am going to give you an opinion, uh, but I'm not going to deal in like, uh, like, oh my God, I heard this. That's just, that's just not how we're going to do it. And plus, I'm going to be talking about uh, the top five. Top f- five. Comics I read last week, uh, some may surprise you. A lot of number ones, which is great for you guys that are new to comic books. It's a, it's an opportunity for you to jump on board and uh, and try something different uh, than reading it online or just hearing people talk about it. Okay. Um, uh, posted from his boat in San Juan with his hot wife. Dan uh, Didio's wife's hot because he's ugly as shit. That's awesome. Uh, Jason said, I love it. Didio posting photos from his boat in San Juan with his hot ass wife. Well, good for him. Good for him. Uh, we're going to get to that because I got. I, I, I don't. I'm not going to say I have a lot to say about it, but I do have some. Uh, I have some opinions. I have some. Never met the man. Never met the man. I've met Jim Shooter. Met guys like that, but I've never met Didio. But I do follow a lot of uh, artists on Twitter and Facebook, which I'm sure you guys do too. And I've been a lot of support for Dan, but we're gonna we're gonna get to all we're gonna get to all that kind of stuff, all that really really good stuff. Uh, first of all, if you guys didn't notice, and I'm gonna show you this because it's just super cool, man. Um, this is my new standby uh, transition. Uh, well, those are the transitions, but this is my new standby image done by Casey Strohs from the. Uh, Ugly Coyote, Ugly Funky Coyote podcast, which you guys know Casey. Casey's been on the show before, but that's really, really cool. And uh, the new overlay that he did with comics in the background. Really, really good stuff. I want to say thank you to Casey for that because it's really, really, really cool, and I do appreciate it. 
Those are the links, guys, down below right there. You see them. Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch. Please uh, click those links. And um, if, yes, it is, Jason. It is extremely tight. Uh, if you know somebody that likes to show, send them, send them a link of a show, and uh, maybe they'll like it too. Uh, but if you haven't clicked that bell, click the notification bell, and then that way you'll know every time that I go live. And I do try to get it out ahead of time, but with my crazy schedule, sometimes I don't know uh, when I'm going to actually be doing a show, maybe the day before. I'm like, oh, I can get a show in. I need to do it. Okay. So, uh, first of all, we're going to talk about, I know what everybody wants to talk about. You guys want to talk about this motherfucker right here, the Batman. And yeah, we want to talk about bats. Um, okay. So the last show, episode 110, I was extremely critical of Matt Reeves's reveal of the Batman suit, uh, because, I thought it looked like shit, and I didn't like the red hue. Um, I'm not. I'm still not crazy about this big ass collar right here. Um, but I, 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 I thought the chest piece looked cool. I do like the armor. I did not like the red hue, and we never ever got to see the ears. Which people are like, "Fucking you always everybody that wears masks looks like Daredevil." No, no. It does not look like Daredevil. The ears are way back. The horns are in front. Devil, get it? Horns in the fucking front. And that red hue really threw everything off, especially when you don't get the ears in the shot. So it was a very, very Daredevil-ish. Daredevil was trending because of the Matt Reeves reveal. Now, uh, and it wasn't bad. It wasn't people were saying, oh my God, like someone, they were just comparing it to Daredevil. It wasn't really a bad thing, but it, it was, it did remind people of the Daredevil costume. Yes. Casey's in the chat. Yes, brother. Tight overlays tight. Just gave you mad props on them. Um, so now we get a, a decent look at the bat suit. Uh, and as you can see how his eyes are blacked out here, uh, there is a shot, which I do not have it uh, set up to show you, but there is a uh, picture where there's a, I guess, a makeup person putting in the green, like green overlay or a green uh, piece of material or sticker or whatever over the eye socket. So I'm thinking that that is the CGI green screen and that they are going to be uh, doing, giving him the white eyes, the like the glow in the dark eyes. Uh, really curious on what that looks like, especially in the daytime. So maybe it's just a night look. I don't know. This was obviously shot during the day. Um, uh, Jason said, "I don't know, man." The '80s call and they said they want the shoulder pads back. Yeah, we're gonna. I got a. I got another picture here. What I wanted to show you in this though is uh, these gauntlets, okay? Like, I don't know if these are like like throwing knives or little maybe in in, in uh, batarangs that are like um, in his forearm pad that he can pull out. I don't know. It's very Court of Owls looking, okay? It's very Court of Owls. So uh, I'm not sure about where they're going with that. Um, if you look at from Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's run on Court of Owls, the Talon 
which was the Court of Owls' enforcer, he had these types of gauntlets, okay? Now, Matt Reeves has said, because someone asked me, well, from these picks, what do you think? where do you think the movie's going to go? Matt Reeves has already said that he's not doing a comic book adaptation. So that means he's not going to do the long Halloween, even though we do have quite a few rogues in this movie. They've already been cast. Uh, Penguin, uh, Catwoman, uh, which, you know, she starts as a rogue. She may not finish as that. Um, the Riddler. So we've got some 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 rogues. It could be a long Halloween-ish type uh, movie with focusing on the detective skills of the Dark Knight, which I think everybody's pretty excited about because that is a different take, right? So, but what about the Court of Owls? What if we get a Court of Owls? Not, not a strict adaptation of the Court of Owls, but like maybe leading into a sequel where uh, maybe Batman finds out that his father had this, you know, was in the Court of Owls. And, and I don't know. It, we're all speculating, right? But uh, so someone said they wanted to uh, call the A's and went to shoulder pads back. I want to show you this. Because this is pretty good. He's on the bat bike, which is fucking super dope, right? Um, now, this is something I have heard since we're talking about the, the bat cycle real quick. Bat bike, bat cycle, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that this could possibly be the first Batman movie with no Batmobile. Because this is an early representation of Batman um, kind of like the long Halloween was. This was a long Halloween happened very early in Batman's career, maybe year two, which a lot of people consider the long Halloween, which is one of the all time best Batman stories, guys. If you haven't read it, you should. Um, is, is a sequel to Batman year one. Okay. So, um, so we're getting a look at the Bat Bike. This may be his basic or, or main. Mode of transportation. Bike's pretty cool. Uh, looks like some type of, you know, maybe a Harley fat boy or something uh, with, of course, the bat the bat shield on the front. Now, the reason I pull this picture up is because look at the, his arm. Um, this is, I think, very reminiscent of the Batman Samurai uh, anime cartoon. This looks, this it, me being something of, uh, I'm not going to say an expert of samurais, but I do have uh have one on my forearm I'm, I'm really into that type of of aesthetic and culture and this is a very samurai feudal japan looking armor to me uh now this is where the rub comes in with this costume okay you've got the gotham by gaslight neck you've got the court of owls uh or zero year type gauntlets you've got uh a very like um, old school ear protruding, uh, kind of like Tim Sale, almost in Long Halloween. You've got this, I feel like a, a feudal samurai looking arm plate plating armor on his arms and sleeves. And then you've got the Arkham Asylum type chest piece. Okay, very angular, very plated looking. Uh, there's a lot going on. Okay, I'm not totally convinced of the overall aesthetic. I think they took what they did was like, hey, I like this, I like this, I like this, I like this, put it on there. What, what do we think we got? You know what I mean? So I don't know yet. And you really can't get a good look at the gauntlets. The cape is non existent in this shot. The cape's big, right? The cape's big. 
I'm not hating it as much as I was. Okay. The collar, I'm starting to get used to. The ears, I don't hate. Um, but there's a lot going on. Now, the big thing for me, the big thing for me is this is obviously a stunt guy. Okay. This is not Robert Pattinson. This stunt guy is uh, most stunt guys, I know a couple, they're fairly thick. Uh, not thick. Uh, they're in shape, dudes. They, they're, they're, their job is uber physically demanding, right? So they're in shape, guys. All right. They got to run around. They got to jump, flip, fight. They got to do all this shit. So they have to be in shape. Uh, this guy obviously is. I can tell. Uh, Robert Pattinson is not. So what is Robert Pattinson going to look like in the suit? We still don't know yet, which is a big. Big concern for me because I've said it before. I feel like actors today bring a physicality to the role that we haven't seen in 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 past years. Uh, Michael Keaton, George Clooney, uh, these guys great in their own right. If you like Clooney, that's fine. Uh, Michael Keaton is still a lot of people's favorite Batman. Even Bale, being as small as he was brought a physicality to the role because Christopher Nolan said you're going to have to. So uh, Pattinson remains to be seen. Now, someone did send me a picture, and I think he recently took it down, of Pattinson with the costume designer, um, which I'm not sure if that was the costume designer from this movie or not. But Pattinson obviously looked jacked. Big traps on him. Not as big as my traps, but yeah, come on. He's not ever going to be like that. <laughs> Let's just, you know. Hey, man. That's a pipe dream, Robert. Don't don't set your bar so fucking high. Okay, man. We don't need that. Uh, but no, it was obviously photoshopped. Like, there's no way Robert Pattinson in six months put on that kind of muscle mass. And I even said, I told the guy, I was like, nah, man, there is no, I'll bet my balls this is Photoshop. This is not Robert Pattinson. And I think he since took it down because I think a lot of people were like, hey, it's fucking Photoshop. So um, I don't know as far as what he's going to look like in the bat suit, which is a big concern for me. But as of right now, guys, what we have seen so far, I'm more on board than I was a week ago. Okay. I'm more on board. So um, there, there's that, right? So not bad. We're, we're going to see how well um, it ends up turning out, of course, in the final product. I don't know when we're actually going to get a trailer. I mean, this movie's a year away, but that's typically when they start uh, releasing trailers. And we know they're just now shooting, so who knows when we'll get a trailer. But let's hope it's soon. Uh, so we can keep speculating because God knows we love to fucking speculate on shit that's probably not ever going to happen. I do it all the time. All right. Um, so with that, we'll move on to uh, Dan um, Didio's firing. Okay. So this is what we know. All right. Um, this is what we know. All right. He was fired by AT&T. Uh, they own the time, them and Time Warner Bros. own DC. ATT wanted him fired. Um, apparently, all speculation at this point 
is because of the of the 5G storyline that was coming out. Now, what is 5G? Okay, it's not the AT and T shit that you get on your cell phone. It's not okay. It it was going to be the next uh, reboot of DC Universe. Now, there's been like ten of these reboots. Okay, uh, and that was I think Dan's business model for DC. I'll just keep rebooting it every few years. But the, the the thing here is is that the reboots were pretty successful. New Fifty Two when Johns came on board uh, with Rebirth as a creative director, um, which I'm going to get to that because I think. John's leaving and taking his position with Time Warner as far as the movies go uh, was kind of um, a nail in the coffin, if you will, for Dan and bringing on Brian Michael Bendis. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So uh, New 52 was was well responded. You brought in John's for Rebirth, widely successful. Um, and now you've, you're getting these stories of Dan bringing on Brian Michael Bendis, which a lot of people really didn't understand. Brian, he's I, he hasn't had a, a really successful book. So, all right, I'm not a fan. Okay, if you are, that's fantastic. I feel like Alias was the best thing Brian Michael Bendis has ever done. So, he hasn't done shit when he was doing everything. You bring him on to DC. What's the first thing he does? He changes, he retcons Superman's origin story. Krypton didn't explode because of um, years and years and decades of abuse to the planet. Krypton was destroyed by this guy. Okay? Um, so, uh, Casey... Uh, okay. Bendis' Daredevil to peak was good. Yeah, it was. I'll give you that. It wasn't Frank Miller's Daredevil. It, to me, it's not definitive. But it's it was good. Okay? Also, the first run of Powers. I did really, really like Powers. I forgot about Powers. That's a good call. Uh, still not as good as Alias to me. Alias, uh, you know, it was one of the first lines of the uh, Marvel Max series, which I think he, I think they're still doing some Max stuff, but it's highly adult. Um, and like you got Captain America like screwing somebody, you know, like oh, <laughs> that's the reason when people say Cap's still a virgin. It ain't confirmed. Yeah, it is. She caught him fucking somebody um, on camera. So yeah, Cap's not a virgin. So, but anyway. Uh, regardless whether you like Bendez or not, or you think he deserved a high pay grade or he jumped ship, whatever you think, that's fine. That's your opinion. But this is what we do know. Brian Michael Bendez is extremely political. Uh, follows Twitter. He's very open about things. That's fine. Have your political views. But what it was causing was a rift in DC department. Now, you say, well, wait a minute. I thought you weren't getting in rumor and speculation. I'm not getting into rumor and speculation. There has been many a Twitter battle in, in inside DC of political factions forming. Okay. And if you went to the Cincinnati Comic Con meet and greet with Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder, 
two years ago in Cincinnati, they briefly talk about this. And this is where I will kind of give my uh, insight or intuition on this rift between uh, Dan and Scott Snyder. Okay. Not saying Dan took a side either way. All right. But what I'm saying is he wanted 5G stuff in death metal, which is coming from Capullo and Snyder. Okay. Snyder pushed back. Now you're getting a lot of stuff on the internet saying Scott Snyder got Dan uh, fired. That I don't think that's true. For one thing, if you ever meet Scott Snyder, I got a feeling he's like, I feel like he's like one of the most least confrontation people in the world. Like if you yelled at him, he's liable to seriously piss his pants and go hide in a corner somewhere. So I don't see that happening. I don't see Scott Snyder out to get anybody fired. But what I do see is Scott Snyder being highly protective of a story that he has spent many years developing. Now, if you've been reading Justice League and you did read Batman Metal, then you know Scott gets very, very, very deep into it. Very deep. Pulling out shit from years of DC Comics. Um, So... I will say that there probably was a rift there. Now, why would Scott Snyder get Dan fired? That's I think that's ludicrous. I do think there I do think there was a lot of um factions forming. And the reason I know this is because of a writer that I know that is working for DC currently. He talks about the Tom King faction, the Scott Snyder faction, okay, and the Brian Michael Bendis faction. So you've got three warring tribes in D.C. all under Dan. Now, does AT&T give a shit about this? No, I don't think they do. Uh, it was about sales. And someone on the Blazing Defender page uh, said that, oh, well, you know, D.C. comics are way, are way more popular than Marvel comics. That's not true. And here's here's... Here's what happened in 2019. I wrote it down for you. Uh, The Marvel... In 2019, Marvel slaughtered DC in the market share department. Marvel was 40.2% of comics sold. DC was 29.2. Almost 30%. Not much. 10% in a huge billion dollar... You know, not a billion dollar market, but billions of comics sold. That's a lot of... that's, That's a big difference. Image was the 8%, okay? And then you've got IDW and Boom and all these other ones that, you know, maybe didn't even make a percentage point, okay? Now, in the graphic graphic novel department, DC is a little more popular, okay? But DC only had two of the top 10 books last year, only two. Image had one, which was Spawn 300. Uh, DC had Detective 1000, which is an incredible milestone book that everybody's going to buy, and Deceased Number 1, which I was really kind of shocked about that. But Tom Taylor's extremely popular as a writer. So I, I, I get it. So no, DC has not been killing Marvel like people are saying on the internet. That's not true at all. I, obviously, look at the numbers. Now, I didn't go back for the last decade But I bet you, because I know Vader was one of the top-selling books of 2018. 
So DC hasn't had a big, big hit in a while, which probably led to, to, to this coming. Now, what was weird is I heard that he was going about his day. Uh, he was calling, you know, solicitors and publishers, you know, doing his day to day. And everybody, like, hey, Dan, uh, let's step in the office for a minute. Grab you a seat. You need something to drink? Yeah. Uh, you want some bourbon? I got some bourbon back here. You know, okay. Well, we're not going to require your services anymore. What the fuck? So, all right. So it's done. Okay. And then somebody said that, you know, in the chat that, oh, Dan's the same wine with his hot ass wife. Good for you, Dan. Now, this is what I'll also say. I follow a lot of DC creators on Twitter and social media. I'm sure you guys do too. Everybody is wishing this guy well. Now, I've heard he's been somewhat of a micromanager, but no one in the business or the industry is doubting this guy's passion. He loves comic books. I'm sure whatever he did, he thought he was doing the right thing. Um, so good luck to Dan and whatever he does going forward. Uh, Steve Orlando, which um, when he was trying to get Midnighter and Apollo out, which is a, a book about a gay couple, uh, he said Dan was instrumental in getting that book on the shelves. He was instrumental. Like, he never once backed down from it. You know, I mean, gay superheroes. Whoa. You know what I mean? So Dan was very progressive. Um, and it sounded like, you know, I, I was listening to a podcast show and they were talking about Dan wanted a dark uh, DC universe. And, you know, people didn't want that. And I don't know who what people he's talking about. Uh, I thought DC's had some really good stuff. Maybe it was because of Dan. Maybe it was in spite of Dan. I don't know. But uh, I, I think he did do a, a good product, and uh, maybe he didn't deserve the firing that he got. Maybe they should have been a little bit more respectful of Dan and everything that he had done for DC over the last 20 years. But uh, regardless, Dan's not there anymore. So who will be? Now, I've heard Tom Tomasina. I've heard uh, um, Marv Wolfman, which was straight out of the fucking blue for me. And I'll tell you why it will not be Marv Wolfman. Marv, um, George Perez would get it before Marv Wolfman would. Uh, Jim Starlin would get it before Marv Wolfman would. They, they're, they're more respected. And, and I hate to say that because I, I believe Marv Wolfman is a fucking, he's a giant, he's a legend in this industry, but he doesn't get the, uh, the accolades that he, that he should. Uh, now, this is what Dan looks like, if you guys... And that's the reason I said, Dan's an ugly motherfucker. How'd he get a hot wife? You know, I mean, no, he's not ugly. He's fine-looking, fine-looking young man. Uh, but anyway, so... but what, uh, And then people are saying, uh, Jeff Johns, Jeff Johns, Jeff Johns. Let me tell you something. Since Jeff Johns has stepped on board for uh, with Time Warner and, and getting in, like involved in the movies, he ain't going anywhere. That guy's going to stay right where he's at because there been they've been hit movies. The only movie that Jeff Johns has been a part of that hasn't been a hit so far is Birds of Prey. So Johns isn't going anywhere, okay? Uh, unless he wants to, and if they allow him to, all right. Thomasina was somebody that I didn't feel like. Uh, I, I mean, I love him as a creator, so maybe he would be a good fit. I don't know. Jim Lee is still going to be the co-captain. Jim does a lot of stuff for them in the animation department. 
So I feel like his plate's full. Now having John's in creative support, having Lee as a co-captain, whoever fills that uh, spot, they're going to be surrounded by good people, I think. So, uh, but what does this mean for DC Universe if 5G fails? You're going to see a lot of that shit on the internet if 5G fails. And that's another thing. Will we see 5G? I don't, I say yes. I say 5G is so close. They're already, um, you know, sprinkling these seeds through uh, a lot of other events that are going on in the DCU, especially in Justice League. So I would say 5G is definitely coming. If 5G falters, will AT&T pull the plug on DC Comics? No, they won't. There's huge properties to be made. There's still money to be made from the movies. Kids are going to go, Look, young girls are, hopefully not young girls, uh, let's say girls of age are going to go see Birds of Prey and want to see Harley Quinn comics. They're, wanna, they're going to want to read Harley Quinn comics. Uh, you know, people are going to go see this Matt Reeves Batman. There's going to be a 10 year old that really hasn't had a lot of, you know, um, uh, exposure to comic books. He's going to go see the Matt Reeves movie and fucking want to go read Batman. So I don't see that ever happening. Now this I'm segueing into the biggest rumor that I've heard that I think is utter bullshit, but it needs to be discussed in case it happens. You know, I love to go down the the hole here. The fucking red pill. Let's take the fucking red pill. All right. Uh, Marvel is going to buy DC Comics. Now, uh, this is what led to a listener saying that DC Comics were more popular. Why would Marvel buy them? DC's more popular. Okay. For two seconds, we're going to assume that you're right, which we know you're not. But we're going to assume you are. Uh... I'm going to buy my competition that's more popular than me then. Yes. All right. UFC did it for years. They bought Pride. They bought K1A. They bought Bellator. Okay. They bought Strike Force. Dana White in the Vertitas bought all of it. So there was no competition. They run it all. They run it all. Okay. Why wouldn't Marvel buy it? Okay. Now, Marvel's not going to be cutting the check. It would be Disney, right? That would that's a different conversation. Now, I, this is not going to happen, guys. But I'm just saying for the reasons that are why it could. Maybe DC goes, "Hey, if you can get it for 2 billion, go ahead. It's pocket chains." That's what DC or that's what Disney's doing. Bob Iger's like, "What do you want to do? How much is it going to cost me? 2 billion? Yeah, do it. Just fucking get out get the fuck out of my office. Get me a give me a coffee." And get the fuck out of my office. Here's your $2 billion check. Go buy what you fucking want, Kevin Feige. I don't give a fuck. Okay? Uh, the next thing, Kevin Feige. So, Kevin Feige, of course we know he's great with Marvel. All right? Uh, oh, Bob Iger just stepped down. Didn't know that. Maybe Bob Iger's not. Maybe Bob Iger isn't going to write that check then. Maybe it's somebody else. I didn't know that. Uh, that's interesting. Okay. Good good stuff. Thank you. See, that's why I love the chat, man. That's why you guys are my, always my man in the chair. The chat is always my man in the chair. Uh, Casey, you're not saying anything about this. About the the the, uh, Dan, the Dan firing. Come on, man. So, anyway, uh, you got Kevin Feige. How would you like to see the Russo Brothers Superman movie? How would you like to see um, a James Gunn Justice League movie? I mean, I don't know. 
Maybe Taika Waititi does something. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know. Marvel obviously has a plan. Uh, they have a, how should I say, they have a, uh, a blueprint of making fucking hit movies. Okay? Uh, okay, Casey says, really don't have an opinion. Uh, his tenure has been all kinds of botches and mishandlings. I agree. I agree. I think he's, he's had some wins. New 52. Rebirth, which we'll give John's more of credit on Rebirth. Uh, and he's he's had some falters. Um, there's been great stuff there, sure, but DC has been a, a fucking continuity disaster for almost a decade now. That, that That's true. Continuity-wise, you can't keep up. It's a fucking reboot every few years. Okay? You get a renumbering every few years. It's like, no, 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 no. We don't want to do that anymore. Okay? Um... Yeah, so I, I don't know. I would like to see Marvel get it. And, and just think about this, guys. Crossover fucking heaven. Multiverse? Multiverse. Dude, why not? The world's our fucking oyster. The, the multiverse is our fucking oyster. There could be a DCU. We've already kind of seen it in Thor number two. Right? When they talk about the Star Plague. He shows us, Kate's shows us the Justice League. Okay. Are they foreshadowing? Do these guys know? I don't know. I say it doesn't happen, but I think it's fun to speculate. <laughs> Let's play a drink game. Every time I say rabbit hole or speculate, we drink. Uh, we'd never make it. So, but I think it would be really, really cool if they did. Um, you know, and they would get the top talents. Uh, the, the Snyder and those guys are still going to work. Tom King and them are still going to work. They're still going to work for DC. It's just going to be ran different. It's going to be published different. And I think maybe... That's what DC needs. Maybe. I don't know. So, uh, enough of that. I, I thought it was very interesting, uh, the kind of stuff that you can get uh, online when people were talking about this, that, and the other. Um, and like Casey says, it's, it's way long overdue. And I agree. Fresh blood is always good. So it's why there should never be career politicians. Because you... It's a whole other podcast, right? But maybe you shouldn't have somebody that's running things for fucking 20 years. It will get stagnant. Put fresh eyes on it. All right. The last bit of news uh, we're going to talk about uh, is something that's... I haven't been able to find a lot on it, so I think it's bullshit. If this is a fucking cosplay, this is fucking amazing. Google this for yourself, guys, so you can get the whole picture. But uh, this is Omega Red, okay? And apparently this is a set leak from the Falcon Winter Soldier show coming to Disney+. Plus. This is, if this is what Omega Red looks like, this is fucking phenomenal. Now, somebody said, God damn, William Defoe is jacked. <laughs> and it could be William Defoe. I don't know. But, uh, yes, Weapon Plus meets Weapon X. How awesome would that be okay so uh just a little bit of backstory because not a lot of people know about um um omega red he was experimented on by the kgb it was basically kgb uh weapon weapon x program okay this is what they got they took a serial killer that was a soldier uh they ended up experimenting on him and getting uh this guy Okay, uh, I wrote his name down. What the fuck is his name? Uh, Arkandy Rosadovich. He was a serial killer soldier uh, 
Uh, they end up getting in trouble, and they're like, oh, yeah, we can put you to death, or we can experiment on you. That sounds like a fucking great plan. Let's do that. So these tentacles, which you really can't see there in his arms, are these um, carbranium-like... Uh, it's basically poor man's animantium. They're virtually indestructible still, okay? He is also a mutant. He inhibits these death spores, which basically suck the suck the, the energy out of you and weaken you. And um, these tentacles actually, he's like very vampiric. To have these carbanium in him, he has to, um, I checked, this is not a set photo. The leak was about the plot. So, okay, if this, okay, if this isn't a set photo, then who is this? Where did this come from? This is obviously movie-ready shit. Okay? So, this comes from somewhere. Now, you say, has he ever been in a movie before? He has. He was actually in the ice room in Deadpool 2. And he's. I think you get a better look at him in the deleted scenes, if I remember correctly. You don't get tentacles. You get his face. He's got the Omega symbol painted on his head. Um, it's very, this is very, very high level shit right here. That's the reason I don't think it's a cosplay. This came from something. Now I know people do good fucking photos all the time on the internet, but, uh, this looks amazing. And if you really want to see a, a really cool, a depiction of Omega red, the Hulk versus cartoon where he fights Wolverine, there is really, really good, um, representation of of omega red there in the hulk versus cartoon if you haven't seen it, you need to see it it's really fucking awesome extremely good hulk fights wolverine that's all you need to say right enough set um so yeah check that out um but i don't like i said not saying this is definitely confirmed but if it's not confirmed i want to fucking see who this dude is where he come from uh like how did you how did how did he get to be that fucking dope uh because it's that looks amazing like i said that looks extremely movie ready uh to me okay so with that guys we're going to get into the top five five comic books from last week now I was talking with a um, a, a listener earlier in the week, uh, may have been Wednesday or Thursday, uh, and he gave me his top of the pick of the week, and, and I'm going to give him a shout out when I get there. Um, but it is not my pick of the week, I'm sorry to say. And let me also preface this by saying I got to read comics once this week. Usually I go back and reread, especially my top five, to see if it changes for me. It really did not change this week. Uh, my top five is just my top five. So with that, let me find my top five. Okay. All right. This is a new one, guys. This is uh, a number one. Like I said, it, I love number ones when they make the show because for new listeners, man, you guys can you can get get on board now. Okay. Now, this is not a capes and superheroes type of book. It's very more supernatural than that. All right, it is God Killers, number one. And I know, all right, Mark Sable, which I am not familiar with at all, is the writer and artist on this. Um, it's a very interesting concept, okay? He is an Arabic translator that is kind of like put in a special forces group 
uh, a because he speaks Arabic, but he also is like um, they call him a folklore uh, expert. Okay, and what he knows about is is monsters and superstitions. Okay, so a lot of this first issue is him basically like um, learning the ropes as being in the military now and like his 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 group is is kind of hard on him um they kind of fuck with him a little bit you know uh because he's basically he's new and they're making sure that he remembers that he's new and he's scared out of his mind and he doesn't even know why he's there but lo and behold the government knows the enemy especially in the middle east uh, are using monsters as weapons. So they need an expert. They need an expert on the ground with these uh, ground forces that are going in and combating these um, these monsters. And in most of the book, you don't get to see what monsters we're dealing with until the fucking very last page. And you're like, what the fuck is that? So a very creative monster design. If I had to say so myself, I didn't get an image of it because I don't want to spoil it. But God Killers, it's something right up my alley, especially when they're talking about special forces and stuff. I really dig that shit. So uh, I'm curious to see where this goes. Yes, Jason. Yes, um, I think so. I think we're going to get into like the kind of monsters that we're dealing with are going to be like from that country's like their fables um because i did a little research after reading this and that seems to be the vein they're going in so comic book but yes still the the story is still um based in reality or superstition in that that part of the world so i thought that was very 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 cool so uh check that out god killers was really 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 good yeah shut up take my money yeah uh check out the first issue the art is it's good. It's not great. It's not awful. The color, I believe, because everything was kind of at night, it's very muted. So I'm hoping when we get into like different parts of the world, uh, maybe they stay in the Middle East. I don't know. I'm hoping that they go out, uh, maybe into Russia, stuff like that. Maybe we'll get a, a, a brighter, I don't know, palette as far as the coloring goes. Uh, but it's like I said, it's it's even like in this cover, the machine gun and everything is kind of very monotone, right? Which they are. And then you've got these green tentacles. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I think it looks very cool. And uh, let's give it three issues, right? As you know, it's kind of my rule. I give things three issues. And uh, I'll definitely be talking about this book uh, again very, very soon. All right. Number four. Number four, man. All right. So... This is what I hate doing when books like this come up because it is, it is, um, these books are the long game. And the bad thing about the long game is, is when it throws you a wrench or it gets ready for a big event. So I've loved, loved, loved Justice League. I love, I've loved Snyder's Justice League. And, uh, there was a big multiverse thing that's going on that's going to lead into 5g but now all of a sudden you have another story coming along and i hate when the continuity is not right again what casey was saying like what are we doing what i thought you were in another parallel universe what's going on the eradicators here but 
I have to say, I enjoy the artwork. Uh, Justice League is right now being written by Robert Vedetti and Aaron Laprosti. Uh, he's very, very Mark Bagley-ish, the interiors. Uh, do I have a picture of the interior? I do believe I do. I do. I do have a picture of the interiors. Cool. So I can give you guys a look at what uh, these interiors are going to look like. It's very, like I said, very Mark Bagley. I'm giving you a, uh, this is kind of an action panel right here. Uh, so we meet a new character. Her name's Xanadu. Okay. And wonder, apparently she comes from a Wonder Woman comic book. I had no idea. The Eradicator, which you'll remember from um, Superman, the death of Superman years ago. The Eradicator was one of the Superman that came. He has unified the Daxamites, which are an offshoot of Kryptonians. They're incredibly strong. They're just like Superman under our yellow sun. What are you going to do, Star Wars? What is the high replicant trans? Uh, okay, Darkney, I don't really know what you're asking me. Disney, what are you doing um, going to Star Wars? What is the high republic? Oh, yeah, I'm going to get to that. I got you. I got you, brother. Uh, after I get through my top 10, I am going to talk about the new Star Wars comics that are coming called the high republic. I promise you. Uh, yes, Madam Xanadu, Jason. So basically the Eradicator has brought the Daxamites in. They are fucking wrecking shop. Superman can't even do much about all the, all the Superman flying around. And it was really cool. There's a scene where a guy like a random Daxamite fights flash. He's like, so you're the fastest guy, you know, and he's fucking punching him and shit. This is really good stuff. They have sent Batman to get Madame Xanadu. Okay, Madame Xanadu is this high, high-level magician. I think she's like Xantana on like a lot of steroids. Uh, and the conversation her and Batman have, they sent Batman to London to get her. Wonder Woman's like, she can help. She can help. Go get her. But Xanadu really doesn't want to help because she don't know who the fuck Batman is. So now Batman... As we know, ultimate fighter, ultimate tactician, he has to kind of sweet talk this chick into helping them. Okay, which is obviously he does, but that's still a really good story. This is really good, guys. This is really good. Get out of the continuity bubble, bubble kind of stuff, but I'm really enjoying this Justice League. I like the Eradicator also. It re looks really, really bad for our heroes, especially guys that the Justice League can't take on. Altogether, I love these huge, big threats, and this Eradicator is. Now, this also, the last page ends with kind of a shocker. Um, Xanadu kind of gets the Justice League out of there before they're pummeled, but one Justice League member doesn't make it. And I won't tell you who it is, It's but it's this is really good stuff, guys. So this is number four on my list. Um, again, I just you know kind of don't get all caught up in the continuity of things because hey it's comics right all right number three number three um the the the, the third three three two and one get tough for me uh this week they get really really tough for me so number three is going to be what uh neil brandon uh, was saying that he it, this was his top pick this week. It is not for me. It is long awaited. 
It is fucking everybody's old knucklehead Wolverine, uh, who I'm a fucking huge fan of. Wolverine number one, but this is a number one, guys. Again, you can jump on. Now, if you haven't read the Hickman stuff, you probably should. You should anyway, because it's fucking amazing. But to follow this book, you're probably going to need to read it. Uh, The Mutants, Krakoa, Mutant Sovereignty, X-Force. There's a lot of X-Force references in this book. So it's not basically like a contained story. I thought... This number one was going to be getting like more back to the roots of Wolverine and be a more self-contained story, but it's obviously not going to be, uh, which is fine. I, I dig it, but it is Ben Percy and Adam Kubert is on on the art. A lot of some people don't like Kubert's art. Kurt, Kurt Kubert's art, I do. Uh, so I think it's very very cool. It opens with the scene of basically Wolverine slaughtering the rest of X-Force, which if you've been reading Hickman's X-Men, you know it's really not that big a deal because they can resurrect. Okay, But Wolverine wants to know what happened to him. So it's basically now we're going back what happened before Wolverine wakes up and he realizes he's killed the X-Force. Uh, Casey, man, if people aren't reading the new X-Men stuff, they're missing out on one of the biggest franchise upgrades in years. Totally agree. Can't give you, uh, I can't harp enough about how fantastic Hickman's X-Men is. It rekindled my love for the X-Men. He's got me going back and reading old X-Men shit, Grant Morrison X-Men shit, Josh Whedon X-Men shit, just because he pulls from so many different elements. I'm reading Apocalypse stuff. Uh, Vulcan, like he's bringing in these X-Men you know nothing about and you're like, oh my God, he makes them interesting. It's fantastic. Um, So the reason, one of the reasons why Wolverine wasn't hired this week is I think it's, the way I compared it is bad editing in a movie. Like where you're in one scene and then all of a sudden you're in another scene. Not a lot of transition. Whoa, where'd we get to? Now with Krakoa's flowers and the way they can port in and port out of places, I get it. They travel a lot of places quickly. Uh, there was just a weird pacing to this book to me. Not at all. Nothing to get upset about. It's still number three. Um, yes. And uh, Jason says, Aaron is in it. There may be another Avengers versus X-Men. I got a feeling there's going to be an everybody versus X-Men very soon. Once everybody finds out what they're doing, They've already set it up in X-Force with Beast screwing the pooch last week. Beast fucked up royally. That's going to come back to bite them. Um, they're going to... I, I got a feeling that Fantastic Four, which is already has run in with Cyclops, once they find out what Xavier and them are doing, this mutant sovereignty thing is going to come to war. I don't know how, but you slowly see... Good guys doing really bad shit. Okay? So, on, on a huge, huge level. Huge level. Um, Casey says, I'm a thousand percent on board with the X-Men fighting the FF over Franklin. Absolutely. Yeah, that's... I, I got a feeling that's going to happen. I mean, Cyclops is... He's a huge cocksucker anyway, right? He's even a bigger cocksucker now. Uh, Xavier, they, I remember Xavier was like the Martin Luther King of comics in the 80s. 90s and the 2000s, that dude couldn't be any worse, okay? I get it. 
You're trying to, you know, you're trying to make your species survive, but you're, you're everything that you fought for years to achieve your dream. And it just, it can't be worth it. Uh, yeah, that would be awesome. Jason says, I'm on board as well. If Hickman and Aaron are doing the writing, that would be, uh, that would be fucking amazing. Uh, probably won't get that, but man, man, take my fucking money if you do. Uh, cause that would be just amazing shit for sure. Okay. Um, so number two, number two, nah, it's getting a little easier for me here uh, in my top five. Uh, so let's see. Um, yeah. All right. I'm going this way with it because this was good shit. Uh, hate me if you want. I don't give a shit. It's my goddamn show. I do it. DC Unkillables number one. Again, a number one, guys. Now, if you hadn't been reading Deceased, which if you remember earlier from my uh, top comics of 2019, Deceased number one was one of DC's top 10 books of the year. Written by Tom Taylor. Fucking, this is a really, really cool zombie story where basically cyborg infected everyone with the anti-life equation, which made them, but the anti-life equation was flawed and it basically even killed dark side. Yes. So we have Terminator, the death stroke, which was also infected but because of his healing factor, his his rapid healing abilities, he healed from it. it the, his his healing factor basically er, expunged it from his system. Okay, now he can be infected again, but he does heal again. All right, and now we get Vandal Savage. We get some guy. We get some villains that have basically survived. We have another guy that has a healing factor that I'd never heard of, which is pretty cool. And um, I guess I don't know what their plan is. Vandal Savage wants this, uh, wants a cure because he can't rule anything if everybody's trying to fucking kill him. So all the villains have a common commonality of trying to survive, trying to fix the world. And uh, now Deathstroke is a part of that. This is a fantastic issue. It's got great artwork, which is by Kyle Mostart. Not familiar. He's a very Frank quietly uh, inspired. You can tell immediately in the first couple pages, he's not as um, exaggerated as quietly is, but it's very, very good work. I'm a quietly fan. So I was a fan of this artwork as well. This is an excellent book, guys. And uh, it is a mini series. So get on board now. There's going to be more to come. These covers have always been great. It's ultra violent and it's Deathstroke. You know, you guys know I'm a fucking huge Slade Wilson fan. So, uh, number, number one, DC Unkillables, Deceased Unkillables. Um, it's, it was fantastic. Great book. And uh, you guys need to check it out. You need to get on board with it. Oh, I can show you. Oh, shit. Hold on, bros. Hold on, bros. I got you. So to show you how violent this book is, here's the panel I took out. This is this is Deathstroke, who's on a job before he's infected with the anti, anti-life equation. He's going in to kill uh, basically some, some skinheads. Okay? They are infected. 
So this is Deathstroke laying waste to a bunch of fucking zombie skinheads. I mean, do I have to fucking sell you anymore? I mean, look at this panel. These pages, they're fucking beautiful. Uh, he, Like I said, this this Mostart do, guy does action extremely well. Um, it's It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's just a beautiful thing. I love violence. I love comic violence, especially. I don't know why. I feel like I feel like comic books can just be so much more violent than movies can, and I love that. Uh, yeah, Jason, check that out. Check this out. Um, this is this. It's really it's really good stuff. And again, if you like, uh, you know, if you like DC stuff, then then you're then you're gonna like it because uh, it's it's a great story. Tom Taylor, if you don't know, is the guy that wrote. Um, Injustice, DC Injustice, that became that. No, I'm sorry, that was a video game. He wrote the adaptation, basically Superman going bad. The Joker tricks Superman into killing Lois Lane. He goes fucking batshit, takes over the world, and Batman and the surviving heroes have to fight Superman uh, and a few other heroes that are helping him that believe in Superman's cause. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Okay, so uh, this is all from that. And this is a guy that wrote that. So uh, it's it's elsewhere kind of story. And what I mean by that is it's not in DC continuity. It's kind of its own side story. Like think of it as a multiverse where this happened, but it's still good shit. Nevertheless, Uh, I think I read the miniseries and think it was hands down by Marvel Zombies. Absolutely. Absolutely. Marvel Zombies was campy to me. If you ever seen my interview with Philip Kennedy Johnson, where he is now writing the Marvel Zombies Resurrection, that is going to be fucking fantastic. If it's anything like that first issue, that is that one issue alone was so much better than the original Marvel Zombies. And he even said when he read Marvel Zombies, he thought it was kind of campy. He didn't want his to be campy. He's got a great horror mind. And this is what would happen if Marvel characters were fucking imbued with zombie virus. It's fucking horrific. If you haven't read Marvel Zombies Resurrection by Philip Kennedy Johnson, you need to read it. It was my pick of the week, the week that it came out. Please get it. It's amazing. But yes, Deceased, Deceased is way better than the original Marvel Zombies, in my opinion. Uh, this book is well on its way to, to eclipsing that for me. So, number motherfucking one. Number one, it might be a letdown to some of you guys. Um, I hope it's not because this comic is to my heart. Like, I love Rick Remender. I love the 80s. I love Assassins. I really liked High School. Can you guess what my number one is? <laughs> Deadly Class, uh, 43. Yes, 43. Uh, this is, it's amazing. It's This issue is even better because now, since Marcus has came back to the Dominion School for Assassins, Things have changed. He's, he's really trying to adjust to that change of stuff. And there's something with him and Maria that has been going on that I've been saying he better fucking wake up. That happens. The death of Petra is 
finally, like we're finally getting consequences for the death of Petra and her fucking family. Why I never thought her family would be so batshit fucking crazy. I don't know why, but we see them and this is massacre. This is almost like the season one, or I'm sorry, the uh, the, uh, the first story arc where all the freshmen, the rats, were being basically culled. Um, you know, finals was basically survive and you become a sophomore. That's basically what this is. It's they're at a party and shit goes to hell in a handbasket. Marcus thought his night gets bad when he sees one thing, and now he's running for his fucking life in another. So, fast-paced, Wes Craig is a fantastic, phenomenal artist, uh, and Rick Remender. It's Rick Remender. I mean, it's, this is Rick Remender at his fucking best, man. And uh, I've got uh, one of my favorite characters that he does is Saya. She's this or hot oriental chick assassin. And uh, she's basically like, fuck all you motherfuckers, I'm going home. And they're like, you have to protect us, you're an upperclassman. Fuck you, I'm going home. So, uh, but her getting out of there is not going to be as easy as she thinks. So, but this is Saya, Wes Craig doing Saya. She busts out her fucking katana. Uh, this is a. This is the only comic that I read twice. Uh, Helmute is out for revenge for Petra's death. He's the one that calls in Petra's family. It's a, basically a group of cultists that are fucking homicidal. It's, it's just, it's, 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 it's poetry in motion is what this issue is. So this was, as soon as I read it, I knew it was probably going to be my number one pick. Something really, 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 really good was going to have to, uh, knock it, knock it off its pedestal. All right. Casey said, I think I told you before, my only gripe is this book comes out once every two months. So I forget what's going on. Yes, you're absolutely right. But I agree. I totally agree. I hate the lateness of this book. I don't know if it's because Remender does so much other shit or it's Craig. Uh, But this is what I like. When a new issue comes out, I immediately go back and reread the issue before. And it's like I'm getting two for one. Because sometimes I did forget what happened in the last issue, you know? And now it's like, oh my God, it's actually been a little bit, it may still be coming out once every two months, I guess. Seems like this issue came out a little faster than the issue before this. So maybe they're getting back on pace. I don't know. That does suck. I know. I totally agree. Um, the Yeah, that's the one downside how Image handles or titles. Uh, but image stuff is so good. It's so good. There's very, very, very little garbage in image comics. Just about every image comic you pick up is pretty fucking good, if not excellent. Whereas Marvel, DC, definitely can't say that. There's way they're way more top heavy on crap than not on crap. Uh, but yeah, so Deadly Class is definitely my number one. This week, check it out, guys. Get the omnibuses, get the trade paperbacks. Uh, these are just stories that you need to read, man. They're just f- fucking fantastic stories. Okay, what I'll end with is something that um, uh, hit me really late in the show, but I definitely want to talk about it. Uh, and I actually have the page pulled up. All right, so uh, Lucasfilms reveals Star Wars: The High Republic. 
Okay, it's going to the High Republic is going to take place 200 years before the Phantom Menace. It is going to be in adult novels, children's books, and comics. Okay, so we're going to get a lot of this story. All right, uh, they will not overlap any of the uh, filmed features or series currently planned in production, giving creators and partners a vast amount of room to tell Star Wars stories with new adventures and original characters. So that sounds really, really, really cool. But what I want to, what I do want to tell you is this is basically the theme of Star Wars: High Republic. The High Republic features the Jedi's we've always wanted to see them as true guardians of peace and, and justice. This is a hopeful, optimistic time when the Jedi and the Galactic Republic are at their height. But, of course, into this glorious new era, something wicked this way comes, says Lucasfilm Publishing Creative Director Michael Sieglin. This initiative will give readers, young and old, a new corner of the galaxy to explore through rich, meaningful stories. Plus, readers readers will learn what scares the Jedi. The first story will be Charles Soule's Light of the Jedi on August 25th, 2020. That, to me, is, I'm sold, I'm sold, I'm sold. Charles Charles Soule in Star Wars, fucking peanut butter and jelly, man. Doesn't get any better than that, guys. Uh, so August 20, 25th, it uh, looks like it's going to be the first story. Can't wait. Uh, High Republic. It's popular enough. You know we're going to get our fucking video game. Come on, Square Enus. Give me, give us a fucking video game. Um, but I'm really, really, or Bioware, whichever one you want to do it. I don't care. But uh, it's going to be really, really good stuff. And guys, I said this in my post when I posted it on the Facebook page. The comics for me have been better the last 10 years than any of the movies any of the movies in the last 10 years prequels new trilogy okay charles souls darth vader karen gillen's darth vader excellent stuff jason aaron's star wars fucking amazing um it's just good shit man it's just good shit so uh if you're a star wars fan you really 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 need to be reading these comics you'll be so much happier than going to go see the movies promise you um, but yeah, so really good news on the Star Wars front, guys. Um, but that's about all I've got. Uh, top five, we got new Batman stuff. Um, Dan's firing a DC, what that means. There's going to be more stuff to come out, guys. We got a lot of stuff coming up this year, a lot of stuff to talk about, man. But I want to appreciate everybody that was in the chat. You know, I love you guys. You guys are fucking amazing. Uh, if you're streaming this later on and weren't in for the live chat, get in the fucking live chat. What are you doing with your life? Get in the live chat. Um, and I've got a new show coming out where it's just going to be me and some other podcasters that are into the pop culture scene just chatting. We're just chatting, man. I'm not going to call a show that. I don't know what I'm going to call a show yet. Uh, I know Casey has some ideas on what to call it. Uh, I might even let you guys decide. I don't know yet. Uh, but I've got some ideas. None of them are good. But uh, I'm very, very excited for that new show. And I think you guys will be too. And as always, guys, with all my shows, the chat is always going to be the co-star. Oh, and sometimes the fucking star, right? So uh, I thought you decided on it last week. Not the name. Not the name on it. Um, and the timing, it's getting these guys to 
that aren't uh, – I wanted to do it Thursday night, but I'm actually playing D&D with the Botch guys on Thursday night, so I can't can't do it Thursday night. Still might do it Friday. I have an event I'm supposed to go to Friday. Uh, but if I can get the guys in line that I want to do the show with, uh, it's going to be different guys all the time. I'm going to be the only for sure guy uh, that's going to that's going to be there. Uh, it's going to basically be based on guy schedules. And some of these guys, you all have never seen on my show. So I'm very, very interested on the dynamic it takes. It may suck, man. I don't know. But there's going to be no outline. We're going to be talking about nerd shit. Uh, so are you streaming on Thursday nights on the on the botch podcast? It's it's so it's not the botched podcast. I'm playing with those guys, but it's like a Patreon thing. Um I want to stream it. So we'll see about getting getting it okay to stream. I don't know if the Patreons that are, are participating, they want that. They may, they may not. Uh I don't know why botched wouldn't stream it. I need to talk to Dennis about that. I would like to stream it because I think it'd be fun. But I will, I tell you this, I promise you this. Uh, Dennis Robinson, who's been on the show before you guys know, uh, who is the DM at Botched, he is going to DM a, uh, a firefighter game for me and some of my brothers that want to play D&D. Uh, I've got two guys already making characters. We kind of I'm looking for a couple more. Haven't got any definite uh, definites yet, but as soon as I do, Dennis is going to create the dungeon, and that game will be streamed. I promise you, uh, because that's it's my game, and I want it streamed. So we're going to stream it. Uh, but yeah, but so be looking for that. Uh, be looking. Uh, yeah, get your single malt ready, man. Get your single malt ready, dude. I'll have my bourbon. I was drinking beer last time, but I'm going to drink bourbon this Thursday, and uh, we're going to have a good time. It's fun. It's a lot of fun, and. Um, you, yeah, you really should have seen me setting everything on fire. I'm a dragonborn. I can breathe fire. I was setting everything on fire, and it was fucking mayhem. I made, I would try, I had good intentions. It was really mirroring my life. I had really good intentions, and it all went really south because of my good intentions, which is basically life. Uh, so, yeah, so be looking for that, guys. And if I do stream it live on Thursday, I will definitely be, hooking that up in the Facebook page and Instagram. So make sure you're following those. They're all right here. I will give you this image as I sign off. But guys, thank you so much again. And uh, until next week, oh, be nice. Treat people like you'd want to be treated. The world will just be a better place. It's crazy out there. So let's kind of pay it forward just a little bit. Okay, thoughts and prayers to anybody that has lost anybody recently. We did, and uh, it. I know, I know how tough it can be. So, uh, my thoughts and prayers to everybody that has lost somebody. Um, so hang in there, okay. And with that, I'm out of here, guys. Peace.